Well, good evening, good evening, and good evening, everyone. This is yours truly, Bishop Quincy Wolfgang Watkins, host of About That Life podcast. So we're excited to to have podcast number two, and we have a very exciting uh, topic to discuss, and we also have a very special uh, guest and co-host by name of Miss April Fields. She's going to join us, and we're going to really discuss things that are this this particular subject that's uh, very, very important and is widely discussed, should Christians drink alcohol in the Christian community. And just as a reminder of About That Life is is where we bring a platform and a discussion where faith meets culture. So it's not a shock and awe kind of program where I'm just trying to stir up things or to deal with things. But I think in day and times like this that we really need to have honest and really uh, transparent dialogue about issues, challenges, and opportunities where the faith, and, and we, I happen to be a Christian, a devout Christian who, who is madly in love with Jesus Christ and want to you know, faithfully follow his ways, and when there is an intersection with culture. And, and I think that you know, as being a Christian, it's our faithful service to be able to speak into that. So, we're going to have we're going to have some good dialogue today uh, this evening. I know many of us are of uh, of coming on the call. So, thank you so much for for coming on the call. So, we're going to discuss t- tonight uh, simply: Should Christians drink? Is is it a sin for Christians to drink alcohol? Now, prior to that, that question we live, there are four parts that I think will kind of lead up to that, and uh, then we'll be able to kind of uh, talk each each part through. And one of the things that's uh, that's staggering of that for us to know that of uh, of in term almost thirty percent of the population just in general uh, consumes alcohol in terms of wine and beer and different things and. And we do know that even some of the uh, the negative uh, implications of alcohol is of uh, drunkenness, and we know that uh, uh, on the unfortunate side, one out of twelve people actually uh, become addicted, and over a hundred thousand uh, deaths per year are of uh, alcohol related, and more than half of, of deaths by traffic accident, et cetera. That. So we do see the huge negative just in general of the overconsumption of alcohol has has been uh, devastating both on a macro and a micro level. But we do also know that the uh, Bible and even culture has a voice about the consumption of alcohol, and we want to really be able to, uh, to talk about that today. And I think, you know, as I said, that uh, some of them may abuse it, in terms of uh, one out of twelve adults, so about eighteen million adults do that. So, but let's 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 get started. Uh, I'm going to welcome April Phil. She is she, and I'll let her introduce herself. She's an amazing woman of God, uh, passionate, has her platform really speak. She has a uh, a mind and heart to speak to this generation, and and I want to welcome her, welcome her on to really. Of us to discuss, and then we're opening it up for to have a conversation and a feedback for those who are on. So, April, are you there? Okay, I think hello, she may hello. have. Hello, good 
evening. Good evening. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good evening, April. How are you? How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on this podcast to discuss a very uh, relevant and important topic that, you know, you hear this question a lot um, in the Christian community, um, you know, and so it's, it's very important just to bring light and have a discussion around it. And so I'm just, I'm just honored to just be here today. And so I'm just really looking forward to hearing what everyone else has to say around this topic. Thank you. Well, great. Well, we're we're very glad to have you, and we know we're going to have some good conversations. And how I kind of my initial conversation with her, or just just that this is a dialogue, and we can dialogue about, and we'll uh, really cover both sides, and just try to give a, a comprehensive kind of conversation where each side stands. And I'm looking forward to when we open it up to the to to uh, to the listeners, and I'm sure you have some some powerful and wonderful comments as well. So, Steve, let's, let's deal with that. I mean, in, in April, let me just, uh, just kind of jump out. I mean, when, if, if you were to guess today about uh, how many Christians uh, consume alcohol, uh, what, would, what would be your, your guesstimation if you would, you know, worldwide in terms of Christian, how many would you think that possibly would consume, that, that currently consume alcohol? From a percentage perspective, I'd say probably 50 or 60% of the Christians consume alcohol. That's my guesstimate. Wow, that's pretty high. Why do, why, do you, why do you think it's so high? Almost one out of two, you're saying. So you would say one out of two. Why do you think it's so high? Yeah, and I think more so, and well, because I think more of the, the more millennial Christians and more of the, the, the younger Christians, I mean, we don't view it. Um, in the same way as, as others, and so I just that that's just the number that came to me. The figure that it seemed appropriate, um, especially again amongst the younger Christians. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it, it has been steadily increasing. I'm kind of old school, new school, and and historically, uh, especially me coming out of a, a charismatic background, that that is just taboo. That's not even even a consideration of 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 alcohol consumption, you know, that was all automatically labeled as being demonic and something that we didn't do. That's something that we let go as put into difference. But we have seen, seen a widespread kind of, of the tides of turning where there are, you know, good, bad, and different. There are a lot of Christians that are engaging in alcohol consumption, you know, you know, e.g. wine and beer and that. And, and there is a huge divide in the church as large, you know, is this, you know, is this a sin or appropriate thing? So I want to frame kind of our conversation tonight around four particular questions, and you and I, we dialogue, and then we open it up as of, of, of the viewers as well, excuse me, the viewers, of the listeners as well, too. And the first thing is, is drinking wine uh, associated with Christian behavior? You know, what do you think? I mean, when they see Christians uh, drinking wine, do you think the culture, mainstream culture, would associate drinking wine with Christian behavior? What are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Um, that's, that's a good question. So I don't know that one would automatically associate it with Christian culture, but I also don't know that they would disassociate it either, meaning I don't know that you would see someone who's a Christian having a glass of wine and think, oh, okay, that, that's, what, that's what's done in the Christian culture. And a lot of people say, you know, with Jesus' first miracle was turning to water into wine and so but I don't know that people would automatically 
um, put that label onto Christians? Is that being like, you know, the Christian culture or the Christian norm to have a glass of wine? But I also think when people see, and we'll get to this, but when people see certain behaviors beyond maybe a glass or two of wine and then you're supposed to be a Christian, I think it comes with some other perceptions and some other opinions. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if people automatically assume that um, you, when you're drinking wine, it's, it's the Christian culture. I don't think people think that much into it. I think when it comes up as a topic for discussion, you hear people go, you know, well, according to the laws and the religions and all of that, according to certain scriptures, you know, you shouldn't drink wine. And so you'll have those specific people that are out. But, again, in the right. younger generation, there is a divide. There's definitely a Christians versus more of the millennial, um, the millennial Christians. So you'll definitely see and hear different perspectives according to different generations. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. So, so in other words, you're saying that if someone who's not a Christian sees a Christian with a glass of wine or a beer, would they automatically like cancel out their Christian membership? Oh, this person can't be a Christian because I see them with with a glass of wine or or something to drink. Or would they also even second guess their level of commitment? So you're saying that, you know, or or your opinion is uh, that wouldn't be so. That that's not conclusive. That a person that that a non-believer sees a Christian or something that would having a glass of wine or that, that they would automatically root out them as being a Christian. Right. Correct. I mean, again, okay. I think if it goes beyond, yeah, that. But right, just having a glass of wine out socially, I don't. I wouldn't personally pass that judgment. Because, yeah. So nope. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, and then we'll. As I said, we'll start opening up the other. We got this. This would be more of an interactive dialogue between you and I, and also those that are listening as well too. So we'll we'll let you loose in a second. Those that are listening. So what? Let me ask. you, What's the perceived benefit, I mean, of, of, of kind of drinking alcohol? I mean, if you, you, know, you think about it because there's so many people that actually are drinking wine. There's so many people, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. I mean, what, what have you, you know, have you been able to discern or read about any perceived benefits that uh, why, why alcohol has, has been and, and continues to be so attractive among people? So there actually are, there's, according to research, uh, apparently there are health benefits to drinking a glass of red wine. I believe they even, <clears throat> they even um, have given the green light for women that are pregnant to drink a glass of red wine. And then as I was, as I was coming across scripture, too, there was a scripture where, where Paul was speaking to, I believe it was Timothy, and he was talking about some ailments or some infer infirmities within his stomach, some stomach issues he was having, and he said, have a glass of wine. Now, it's uncertain as to whether he meant unfermented grape juice or wine, wine, the way that we, that we actually consume wine. So, but um, there, are, there are supposed to be health benefits to it. I do believe, though, that when we as people overall, um, Christians right. included, when we consume wine, it's more of a social uh, activity than it is us having a glass of wine. Like today, I'm going to have a glass of wine because it is going to benefit my intestines. Like no one, <laughs> you know, we're not necessarily sitting down and approaching in that way. I do um, firmly believe that it is more of a social activity. Sure. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can with that. And I think one of the reasons why I said about the perceived benefit because we see the perceived why why it's so deleterious or harmful. I mean, the stats I just briefly quoted. 
ahead of time, I mean, is just in terms of all kind of diseases, how, I mean, the, uh, the deaths, the untimely deaths from it. I mean, there's so many different, different things that, are, uh, that can happen from abuse of, of it. So we see of the dangers of abuse of it. But even of despite the kind of salient of kind of, of dangers of it, that, uh, you know, that we still, the people still engage in. Okay, so let's, let's kind of move on to we're opening it up. I mean, so, in, uh, so last, is it a sin for a Christian to drink in public? What, what do you think? Is it, is it a sin for a Christian to drink wine or alcohol? Let's just, let's just hypothetically assume we've solved it, that it's okay for Christian. That is not a biblical sin for a Christian to drink wine or alcohol, and we'll come to that in, in a little bit. So let's say we decide it's okay, but now the question is kind of the, of the application of it. So would you, would you say or think that it's a sin for a Christian to drink in public, public spaces? So or or say, what have you heard about that? Yeah. So, different, so people who are more of legalists, more of, who are very, very um, – strict or, I mean, some people will call them Bible thumpers, that's just what the title is, but, um, and so I think they would believe that that's a sin automatically. I personally, in my personal walk, have found that whatever we do, we're supposed, as Christians, we're supposed to do it to glorify the Lord. So having a glass of wine is in no way, you know, um, saying, you know, um, or, or, putting a bad title or label to Christians or Christianity. I think it becomes an issue with the glass of wine and the consuming alcohol when you are unable to um, control yourself and you are then drunk. So now we're talking a different, you know, a different thing or a different subject. But I do not believe that it is a sin. And, there, again, there's scriptures to, that, that talk about consuming wine. Then there's scriptures that talk about being, being merry and consuming wine. So it, it can be supported either way from a physical perspective, in my opinion. Um, but I don't believe, I wouldn't automatically sit down with my sister, brother, in Christ and go, oh, my gosh, they are having a glass of wine. How, how dare they consume a glass of wine, you know, in my presence, sure. in the presence of the Lord? And, yeah. So I wouldn't, I, that's an, it will be a no. I do not believe so. Yeah. So in terms of, so in terms of kind of the abuse when wine is actually abused and drunkenness, I think the Bible is quite clear and convincingly from Isaiah five to eleven. It talks about warning them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink, that continue tonight to wine flame them. Proverbs twenty three and twenty. Be not among the wine bibbers. You know, so in other words, that's saying you drink so much that you become tipsy or drunk. Romans 13 and 13 says, let's, let's walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or, or drunken partying or drunkenness, right? And then also uh, Galatians 5, 19 talks about drunkenness. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18, it says, and be not drunk with wine, where it says be filled with the Spirit. And then I think one of the most uh, powerful ones is 1 Corinthians, the eighth, uh, excuse me, uh, the 6th chapter, the ninth and the 10th verse, where Paul begins to say, those that practice these egregious sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effing abuse themselves of mankind, nor thieves of covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor those that, that curse or extortion or shall inherit the kingdom of God. So we do see 
that that the Bible speaks speaks quite quite powerfully on the danger of alcohol that goes into drunkenness that that is a very serious and egregious sin for that so we do see that so in public places i mean but don't we have uh, one of one of the things that's important for christian is that how we represent christ right and in the sense that that if there's something that would offend a person that's another believer or something that will cause a confusion then we as believers although we have freedom then we have to uh, also practice restraint. So that's very controversial that those that say, okay, a Christian can drink wine, but they need to do a private in the home. They shouldn't do it in public there. So at this time, you know, as we continue on the dialogue, uh, those that want to chime in on uh, a couple of things we've already talked about more, you can just uh, star six. You can unmute yourself, and you can and uh, we can you can chime in for a question or a comment. I just ask you that you just identify yourself and make a question or comment. So, yeah, so – so the other part I would say, well, is it is it wise wise for Christians to drink alcohol? You know, just in terms of, I mean, if it is permit, if the Bible doesn't explicitly forbid it, says no, you cannot drink alcohol, and it warns you of the danger of alcohol potentially leading to drunkenness, and how drunkenness leads to all kind of sin and all kind of things which could endanger our soul. Then, then the question becomes: Even if it's permissible, is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol? So, what are you, you know, what are your thoughts on on that uh, of those that's on the call? But also, April, please feel free to chime in as well too. Is it is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol? So, I think in terms of it being wise or unwise, I think you have you have to know yourself. You have to know your um, the, the sort of the generational patterns and things that are, are prevalent in your family, meaning if your parents are alcoholics or, um, you know, you're, uh, a lot of uh, people in your family are alcoholics, you, one almost has to wonder if the spirit of addiction is prevalent in my family. And so will it be wise for me to have this glass of wine? Because is this glass of wine going to essentially lead me to cultivate or to develop a, a negative habit or to sort of walk in the footsteps um, of, of the people around me or of my family or of my parents. And so I think you really just have to use discernment. And, you know, if you are a Christian, you, you, you know whether or not the spirit of addiction falls within your family and you already know if the enemy is trying to pull you in that direction, you, then you have, to, you have to demonstrate. It's wise for you to demonstrate self-discipline and self-control and go, you know what, this seems like a trap. Hmm. This seems like something that is it's, it's the enemy's putting it in front of me like that apple from that tree. Um, and so it's wise for me just to pass on it because it's, it's attached to something much larger than what I see right now in, in the restaurant, which is just a simple, innocent glass of wine. So you have to have discernment to know whether or not there are other things that are connected to what you're doing. Um, and so, so being able to control that. So if you have discernment, you know that, okay, I can have this glass of wine. And, and you know what? If I don't have another glass of wine, cool, that's great. But if you also know that if you have one glass of wine, you have to have two, it turns into five, it turns into six, and you can't control yourself, it's wise to use, uh, um, you know, to discipline yourself and really just use restraint and say, you know what, I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to go around you know, certain people that do that or that consume uh, alcohol because it's putting me 
in a in a vulnerable place spiritually and emotionally. So right. that would be what I would have to say about it being wise versus unwise. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. Let's open up to some to some that are on that's on the call. Uh, if you want to chime in, the question I'm asking right now is it is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol? Praise the Lord, Bishop. Speaking London. Um, I don't. Believe, I believe why, but you always got to be cautious on your surrounding because the one thing you don't want to come a stumbling block to somebody else that might be struggling it, and then you got to know yourself. If you don't have self-discipline, if one drink is not going to satisfy, you need two, that's when they come drunk and that's what comes to sin. So you always got to be conscious about your surrounding, what you do, using discernment. You know, if you, you have the freedom, what the Spirit of God is, is tugging you to do it or not to do it. So you got to have a, you got to have a balance and know what's, what is of God and what is not of God to really to decipher, you know, what should you do and not should you do. Because, you know, many people are looking at us and looking at, how far are we going to go? You know, you drink wine, say, not a sin, but you come drunk in this, and then when you come drunk in the enemy's plotting plot seeds and things and things to, to deceive or uh, discourage somebody for even coming to closer to God. So he'll use any type of excuse, any way to turn people off for, for our action, what we do. Okay. All right. Thank you for your comment. Others? Anyone else? Yeah, I think you make a you know Hello. You make a point. Yes, hi, hi there. Praise the Lord, Bishop. This is Alicia. Um, I wasn't hi. going to say anything, but I just wanted to chime in. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I believe the question was, um, should Christians, I guess, stay at home and drink the wine, or um, right? You know, also, is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol too? Yep. Right. So I feel like um, you know, if you're going to just drink it at home, then it you know that, that that appears kind of sneaky, so you know because it's it's not a sin you know to have a glass of wine. So you know if you're out um, and about at you know at a restaurant or you know having a glass of wine, I don't. To me personally, um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, if you're around people that you know that suffers from addiction or you know things of that nature, then I wouldn't. Me personally, I wouldn't have a glass of wine because I know it could, it could trigger them. You know, um, if I'm out with um, to dinner with. Um, even people of different ministries or things like that. And I know they, they don't drink, then I wouldn't do it um, to, so it won't be offensive. But as far as me, you know, having a glass of wine, me, I, you know, I don't see anything personally wrong with it. Um, and, yeah, to me, it just becomes like one of those kind of sneaky things if it's like, oh, I'm going to do it at home but not out. So um, that's, you know, um, and then the comments of, you know, you, we might offend somebody while we're out because they see having a glass of wine. There's a lot of things that could be offensive. Your attitude could be offensive as a Christian. You're not walking in love can be offensive as a Christian. So, you know, I just think that because people make it a big deal, then it's just one of those things where people, you know, try to sneak to do it. So that's that's my that's my comment. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Alicia. Let me, let me ask this question. Someone else chime in. I mean, uh-huh. What is un what is universally acceptable on the amount of glasses of wine that a Christian should consume? Is it just one one is acceptable or is a half a glass one or when you get into two you're into danger or is it left up to the individual to discern you know, the effect that it's having on his on on them that that's enough. So what do you think? Is is there a universal number or amount 
that uh, that should be that's the limit for Christians versus or isn't in the hands of the individual based on uh, the impact that it gives onto them. Um, I don't I don't think there is a universal number for a Christian. You know what I mean? Because um, it just it just depends on the person. You know, everybody can indulge mm-hmm. into different things as far as you know what their body can handle. So. You know, you have to know yourself. You have to know your limit. You have to know when, you know, you're about to walk out of a place being sloppy drunk, you know. So it just depends on the person. If you know your body can't handle alcohol, then, you know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be wise to just, you know, continue to consume it. And you can't get home or, you know, then that can cause other problems. You know, you're you're causing car accidents and, you know, all kinds of things. So you just have to be wise um, when it comes yep. to you and your body, you know. Okay, that's all right. Any other comments? Well, I also agree with that, too. It all all depends on each individual uh, because some people can drink and never get intoxicated or drunk because their body's so used to it. So a lot of people that have been drunk and they drink their first time and they drink, too, they can get drunk as well. So they got to be careful, and you got to feel yourself, too. As you you know, you drink it and say, "Oh, this is enough. I don't need to do it because if I keep doing it. I feel my intoxication." Your body will let you know when you feel intoxicated and when it's overwhelming you. So you got you will know yourself how far you can go and not to go. Mm, okay. All right. Well, you know, it's just just uh, if you if you look at Proverbs twenty and one, it says, "Wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler." Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. So you just see all of these passages that tells you that it's a slippery slope. It is something that no one ever, no one ever starts it to get addicted, or you can easily slip from a moderation to almost a stupor state. So it just shows how how the effects of uh, of alcohol can very well be extremely negative. A negative impact when it's not that. So that's that's always it's interesting how the Bible uses all these passages. That, but then we do, as April pointed out, that Paul had told Timothy about about the uh, wine in a sense, drink a little wine for the infirmity. That it was used as a medicinal way, where the shortage of water, but a medicinal way. And you look at like even in the in the Bible, there's about six hundred, over six hundred passages that talk about in terms of wine and drinking and different things. And, and you have some technical words divided. There's some biblical scholars believe that the uh, Hebrew and Greek words that talk about drinking talks about uh, makes a difference between strong drink that doesn't have any any kind of filtration, you know, and normally the alcohol level is like nine nine to eleven percent versus other kind of wine that was diluted with uh, uh, with water or, or less less strong than that. And I think Abel pointed out that we know Jesus did drink wine. It's just, uh, I mean, that he, he made wine, and, and then he also had mentioned to the disciples that on his last day he wasn't going to drink on the fruit of the vine until he returned. But the question has always become, is that the same kind of wine on the same strength level of the wine that was in the biblical time is today? So, you know, not everyone agrees with that, so that's that's not conclusive on that on on that particular part. So yeah, so so anyone else want to chime chime in? Is it why is it uh, is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol? Does anyone have have the opposing opinion that it's not wise for Christians to drink alcohol? Hey, um, 
Hi, it's Melanie. I was, I, I was just thinking about, like, my own personal experiences, and I believe, like, the comment that about that Sister April made about how you know what it is that you can or cannot do because of maybe certain generational things that have taken place, like if I know my dad was an alcoholic or, you know, my mom was an alcoholic, then you you don't want to tread on those waters because of whatever it is that it may pull you into. But I do believe that there are, you know, certain Christians that I feel I've witnessed, you know, may want to engage in drinking wine but then feel as though they may be judged on it so they do it secretly or in the privacy of their own home. But I feel as though, you know, we should live a life that where if God knows, then you're really not hiding it. Just speaking on my own personal experience, though, I've been through the stages of, okay, where you're drinking, and then you stop drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking alcohol, started drinking just wine, and then the Lord started to deal with me on keeping my temple clean as far as how he wanted to use me and brought me to certain scriptures about drinking wine and drunkards and so on and so forth. So I believe that it's like to each its own. There are some people that I know that, you know, they drink wine and they may drink it socially. They may drink it, you know, certain issues where you have to be careful with engaging and indulging in alcohol is especially wine, because wine is not as potent as strong drink or strong liquor, it, I believe that you have to be careful with that because some people drink wine to unwind or, you know, to relax, and then you can overindulge just having those moments of whatever your reason is for indulging in it. So I think it's like it's a thin line that you can tread on when it comes to drinking wine. I do believe that there are a lot of Christians that say, you know, it's not a sin, well, Jesus drank wine, and, you know, it's not a sin to drink wine. But I, I also believe that there are scriptures that are based on the fact that our body is a temple of God. And so I believe that when it comes to housing the Holy Spirit, it, there's some things that we have to discipline ourselves in, and that's our diet and our intake and for me, God started to deal with me about not engaging in or indulging myself in certain things such as drinking wine and even sometimes my intake as far as pleasurable foods or sugars, sweets, sodas, it just depends. I think, you know, it depends on the individual. And as far as it being like a sin to drink wine in front of other Christians, I don't think it's a sin, but I agree with um, something Tim was saying about being discouraging because I think that that's the factor because people witness what we do, and so I believe that they look at what we do almost as an example for setting the standard for what they feel they can do or should do so it can kind of influence someone or maybe even discourage someone because of those things. So I guess it's just, you know, like I said, to each its own. 
Yeah, thank you. You know, one of the things we do that, like as as Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are are in a sense beneficial. And really, it takes a test that our freedom, our, our freedom and liberty must must also have wisdom with it. That if we have a certain freedom and a liberty that someone else doesn't have, and if an action, i.e. Drinking alcohol would cause our brother or sister to stumble, offend it. Then, as Paul said, it would be it would be a sin to continue to do so, to continue to do it. Although that's not a sin, the sin is not per se that you sin against God from doing it, but the sin is that you now you kept doing it though it stumbled, it caused another person to fall away, and it'd be that. So, in a sense, even in freedom, there's moderation. That we must use, we must know that our freedom of cannot be at the expense of someone else, and that's something that we all and and, and that applies to whether it's alcohol or whether it's uh, any other thing. That we want to make sure that our testimony and witness is strong, and things like that. So yeah, so okay. so yeah, so we've covered covered most of it in terms of is it is it a sin for a Christian drinking public or or not, and I think. I think we've discussed that uh, some things are better done in private than public because in in a private setting you don't have to worry about offense as much as that, but you don't want to, as uh, one particular uh, Alicia had mentioned, for it to be for it to be sneaky done under false pretense, hypocrisy, where you're doing it privately but you're denying it publicly, and that becomes hypocrisy as opposed to using wisdom not to be a stumbling block or not to cause offense. That's something that should be done yeah. personally and privately, whether that is. That's that's there. And is it wise Christian alcohol? I mean you look at look at that you think about the world, does the world respect Christians that actually do it? I mean, do uh you know, does the world have a problem with us drinking uh Christians drinking alcohol? And like you also said about the uh, buyers of the temple of the Holy Ghost. You, know, you think about the effects of alcohol, number one, it affects the brain. It's adult, it dulls the capacity for self-criticism and a sense of caution. It, it automatically dulls you of different things, and that's why it's always dangerous to continue to consume it because what it does that though it unwinds you, it lessens, it lessens the care and anxiety, you know, the you know, we all have checks on responsibility, and we should have on behavior, but sometimes our of those things can be deadened if it's too much where we become irresponsible and our behavior becomes really uncharacteristic of that. So we just see, you know, you know we see what can happen when it's abused and when it's too much. And I think one other person has said, well, what's the limit? I mean, what can be, you know, you know one, one Christian can drink four, Let's say they drink four and they're not intoxicated. Would that be okay if you saw a Christian in public drink four glasses of wine and there's no sign of inebriation? What do you think? Would that be okay? You know, let's say they have four glasses of wine and there's no sign of them, no speech slur, there's no physical sign of them being drunk or or they're not drunk. Let's just say they're not drunk, they're drunk after four. Would that be an acceptable number for people, you know, for a Christian? I think that would be no. an excessive amount. I would say that that's not a. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't think. I think that's. I think it's not acceptable. Like I think 
that it would be an excessive amount for glasses. I mean, even if the most effect that it has on a person would be just the fact that it's to consume that much, if we do things in moderation, that's still excessive because even if it doesn't have a physical effect, it's still in excess to me. That's my opinion. All right. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Sister Mel. We should do everything in moderation and not across the board. I also don't think too that when you sit at the table, you know, at dinner, you're not necessarily counting, you know, the glasses of wine that someone is having. Now, if you notice that someone is acting, they went from being very calm to now they're very belligerent. Now you now you're raising your eyebrows, scratching your head because they have they've gone beyond their limit. So I think then that's when you go, okay, maybe we shouldn't have offered them any wine. But I think just casually over dinner, uh, I, I don't see any harm in that. And I wouldn't even be able to tell you if they had four glasses because I would be so engaged in conversation. But I wanted to touch on something else that Sister Mel said that was deeper that I think that we it went over our heads. Sister Mel said something um, profound about the why behind it, right? So if you're drinking a glass of wine at dinner with your pasta or whatever that might be, Okay, great, but if you're having a bottle of wine at your home because you're trying to cover or mask some other emotions, that's a much deeper conversation about why you're consuming the wine, and I think that, that then it goes into something else. So there's also that component of why, why you're doing it, because if you're doing it to mask emotions, then, you know, then those are things that you can go before you know, the Lord with because he can take away your desire to mask those feelings or, or emotions with the consumption of alcohol. So I wanted to touch on that because the Holy Spirit sort of laid that on my spirit. And so thank you, Sister Mel, for just sort of just highlighting that, the, the reasons why some people consume it, uh, to unwind, to relax, to, to, to de-stress, right? Those are all dangerous places to be if you rely on something other than the Lord to soothe you or pacify you. So I wanted to, I wanted to say that. Yeah, and, and also for just, just, just as to know, Odell, and that's why one of the questions I brought up about the perceived benefit, why people drink alcohol and why it is so attractive to that, when there's so many warnings against it, where, you know, the Bible, the Bible is replete with warnings and very strong cautions what happens when we go that path, but that has not detoured us. That's like almost sometimes people can say drinking wine can almost associate it like with bungee jumping. I mean, there are some people that bungee jump when it's just obvious what bungee jumping looks at. When you're jumping like that and you have that, people do that and they do it quite safely. But then you would ask that, that why, that why, why would a person want to do that? Why would a person want to bungee jump when it seemed like there's so much? And then also we cannot negate the effects of what alcohol has done. It's just overwhelming statistics. In, in so many different categories, what the potential that can do and lead to that. So that's something that we, as we intersect with the culture, I mean, should, you know, is it best for Christians just to totally abstain or, is the, or be in the realm of moderation? And, and, and how does one manage moderation through the Holy Spirit? Because once when you tip over moderation, you automatically don't go into caution, you go into sin. You have automatically stepped into sin when you have been in drunkenness. So you ask the question, is it worth it? I mean, is it worth it to to uh, uh, draw close to the line and then possibly tip over, or or the moderation is worth it? I mean, that's something to process. But as we kind of get them uh, turn the corner on that, so then the main question 
because of all the ones we've asked. We've we've had it tackled is drinking wine or being associated with Christian behavior. We've talked about is it a sin for a Christian to drink in public? Or and we talked about is it wise for Christians to drink alcohol in the last one? I mean, is it is it a sin? Is it an outright sin? Who would I mean, is it an outright sin for Christians to drink alcohol that when we engage in drinking alcohol, we are actually sinning against God. So what are your thoughts there? I mean, that's kind of, to me, I feel as though the question is almost catch-22 because it pairs in with each other. Because the Bible says, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you, which means that there are some people that, only engage in drinking alcohol because of whatever issues that they're trying to cover up. And I think that's kind of like what Sister Abel was pointing at because it then becomes a sin if you're going to, if, if me and my issues are trying to find resolution in other things aside from God, then it becomes an issue for me. Then not right. just I understand that. I don't want to. I'm sorry, Mel. I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I want to make sure I'm clear. My question, the first part of the question, does the Bible have? Is it a sin in terms of? Does the Bible have a clear voice? There are clear passages, clear voice, unambiguous. The Bible views drinking alcohol as a sin. Then we get into whether whether uh, the situations of it can bring forth sin. So is the consumption, drinking one sip of it, have you entered into sin against God? Does the Bible speak that way? Does does anyone feel that the Bible speaks that way? That there's passages that really directly to that? I don't think so. Nope. My personal opinion is it's not a sin. But, But then that, like I said, I think it's the reason behind it. I mean, I don't think the actual act of it is a sin. It's a, it, comes, it comes when you come drunk in this, that's when it comes to sin. No wrong drinking alcohol, but when you indulge too much and when you come drunk in, that will cause sin, and that's when you can cause a stomach block. Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so yes, go ahead, please, uh, someone else chime in. Oh, no, I was just going to say, even with the scripture that you um, that you referenced where it was talking about um, wine and, I think it was saying, wine and something else, it gives us a stray. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't be led astray. So I think the keyword is led, right, because it, it's not saying, the way that I interpret it, it's not saying don't consume it, but it's, not, it's saying don't allow it to consume you, right? Don't allow it to lead you from the place that you are in. Don't allow it to let you compromise your faith and your, you know, your, your Christianity, your beliefs, and, and what mm-hmm. could possibly turn into, you know, sin. So that's the way I interpret yeah. being led astray. Yeah. And, you know, the only, if we look biblically, the, the only conclusive evidence of those who did not drink wine in the Bible were Nazarites and those are those that had a special vow to the Lord. And we do know that there are even those that God mighty had used that unfortunately went beyond moderation into drunkenness. You know, you can go from Noah and et cetera. So they have, so it, it appears that even, even if we may view the, the intensity and strength of wine in the biblical days different than today, 
we cannot negate that the, that there were those that in the Bible and, and those that are the Lord that did drink wine. And and there's even kind of references in kind of 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 the New Testament, excuse me, the Old Testament about a describing of some of the benefits of new wine. We talked about the new wine and the new oil and just all all of these particular uh, promises that talked about it. But I think what it boils what it boils down to is that the situation where where it is is it worth it? Is it is it worth it at all? Whether in terms of our witness, in terms of of it could potentially lead us down pathways we don't want to, or you know it's a moderation that should be enjoyed as long as it stays in moderation and those different kind of things. And I think this is this is kind of a perennial of kind of uh, of kind of a dialogue that Christians are having of of consistently about the the consumption and uh, you know of wine uh, does it uh, you know does it does it deaden or dampen our witness or or we've stepped into some severe uh, violations of God so yeah this is this is something that on, ongoing. Does anyone have any before we bring it to a close? This has been great. Just hearing, hearing, hearing the variegated perspectives on on is it a sin? I think we all can agree that the Bible does not explicitly call drinking wine a drop of wine or drinking wine sin. There, there's no passage that anyone can go to that exegetically means that exactly that's what it says. But we do also, in the same vein, can can acknowledge the numerous passages that warns us of the danger of it. Without telling us not to do it, it just tells us more than pleasant. There, there's, there's eight times more references to the danger of what wine can do when it's had too much as opposed to the benefit of drinking wine at all, but that still doesn't, but the Bible does not conclusively say that drinking wine is a sin. So that's, that's kind of, kind of our take and take on it. And, and now that's been, and this has been great. So hopefully everyone has enjoyed this. So any, any final comment? I think there's one final person, one final comment that may be lingering. If you want to Shoot it out real quick before we bring this to a close. It'd be great. All right. Well, thank you all so much for another being a part of another podcast about that life. And hopefully, you've enjoyed that. Yep. And we will see you next. Yes. Oh yes. yes. It was it was me. I didn't realize that to put star six as Rhonda. All so, right. um, yeah, I had a comment. I was trying to speak, but I didn't realize I had to unmute it. But um, I did hear part of it, uh, part of the, um, the the comments that have already gone forth. But I personally, I don't feel that it's, um, you know, anything wrong uh, with having a glass of wine um, or are we talking about wine and alcohol, are they the same thing? Or is it wine as a universal or using wine as a universal term? Um, and also, too, it does depend on the person um, because if you're someone that cannot handle alcohol or whatever you 
you know, you did, then, of course, your consumption should be different and monitored, but I do believe that it's according to the person. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's so, great. And uh, one point you brought out that it may not have time, maybe we have to do a follow-up part too, where, where there is a difference between wine and alcohol, and maybe we should have addressed Maybe I have to say this for another time, another episode, that when the Bible talked about strong drink, it, it was going beyond just wine because wine, the strong drink of those that would have, as some scholars point out, an alcohol a percentage of 9 to 11%. So that was very strong. So there are those kind of drinks out here today, and the Bible would never advocate for us to go into that depth of level of alcohol when it gets into that, that, that level of strong drink. But in terms of wine and different things of that, it's always made, made a difference between even some of the Hebrew words are, are different when it talks about strong drink versus what are we talking about with wine and things like that. So, yeah, so... Good point to bring out. So thank you all very much. Hope you enjoyed this episode of About That Life, and we'll see you soon. Take care.